What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. If you're ready to unleash your marketing potential and crush your small business goals, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Miranda Rodriguez. Over the past four and a half years, I've helped hundreds of small business owners achieve big dreams with small strategic marketing steps. When I say big dreams, I'm talking quitting that part-time job, five times in your income, or opening your first brick and mortar. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to market your business with laugh out loud personal stories, real life client examples, and the occasional F-bomb. Because let's be honest, Marketing your small business is so much more than just a marketing problem. Grab your earbuds and let me show you how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. We are back with the second interview in the podcast guest maternity leave series. And today, this interview is with Macy Murlock of Little Pearl Breads and Bakes. So she is local to my hometown. Actually, we, we live just a few blocks from each other in Aurora, Illinois. Macy is a micro bakery owner, and she specializes in sourdough baked goods. She opened her business in April of 2023, and she, but she's been a baker her entire life. She's married, and she has two daughters. You can follow along with her at Little Pearl Breads. Her website is www.littlepearlbreads.com. And you can also find, I'm going to link to her ebook and her ordering platform if you're local in the show notes. So you can get some of this. <laughs> it is the most beautiful and delicious sourdough bread I have ever had. So I've been baking sourdough bread probably for like a couple years now. Um, and when I learned about Macy, I actually came across her post. We talk about this on the podcast, but in a, in the next door app, like in the neighborhood next door app. And that's, um, I've had her bread since then. I have her ebook being pregnant. I haven't really explored the ebook as much as I would like to yet, but it's definitely on my list maybe for, for postpartum relaxing activities. We'll see how much energy I have. I'm not trying to, you know, if, if I feel it, I'll do it. Um, so this interview is great because Macy has two young daughters at home right now. So she works from home and she is also a stay at home mom. Um, and she really, and she's seen explosive growth, both in part, like in our local community with her bread sales and then online specifically on Instagram right now with her, educational content and just really pulling back the curtain and sharing the behind the scenes of growing a micro bakery with two young kids at home and how she balances all of the things. Um, so she is so open and she's so transparent. If you follow her on Instagram, you know that already. She is just a it's so fun to talk to her because I've been watching her business grow. And so I've just had a lot of questions about the behind the scenes and how much time she's actually spending on things. And then really what I think you're going to find the most, I found, I found it the most inspiring and refreshing and also just like relaxing in, in a sense was that she is just, she's so committed to just growing the business. However it grows that she's not really attached to any specific outcomes, right? She didn't have like, a goal of followers in mind. She didn't set out with um, like making a certain amount of money. Like most of her goals have just been to grow the business, but in a way that still feels genuine and authentic and leaves 
room for her family, which is the most important thing to her. Her faith and her family come first before her business. And I found that really refreshing because when we were talking through her priorities in life, the business was not at the bottom, but certainly not at the top. And I feel like so many of us entrepreneurs feel like if we're not prioritizing our business, it's just, it's going to fail. And that's one way of looking at it, but she she prioritizes the way she prioritizes and the way she manages her time to make sure all of the categories in her life are getting her her attention or the attention that she wants to give to them. Um, it's just really really inspiring, and I found this conversation super easy and fun to have. And I hope that you get as much out of this as I did. And as always, let us know what you think by sharing your thoughts or the fact that you're listening on social media or sending either one of us a DM on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. Today, I have a very exciting guest. I have so many questions for her. So I have (laughs) Macy Murlach from Little Pearl Breads. Um, The funny thing is we are like three blocks from each other right now. Oh, really? Yeah, I live on, well, I live over by West. Like on okay, Gladstone okay. and Garfield. So amazing. That's yeah, so we're cool. so close. I did not um, realize that. I think I've walked past your house with the dog before. I mean, I'm sure I have. I'm, I'm sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome to the podcast, Macy. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I just want to dive in. Okay. So I want you first. Can you give people just like a snapshot of your business right now? Like, yes. How many, like, how many followers do you have on Instagram? You know, just kind of give mm-hmm. us a, a general snapshot and then we'll kind of, we'll take it back to where you started. Sure, sure. So I own a sourdough micro bakery um, in Aurora, Illinois. Um, and basically my house has become a literal mini bakery. I have a full on bread oven in my dining room mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just baking lots of bread all the time. Um and then the other side of my business is now social media. Um, so I have like around 45,000 followers on Instagram. I and swear it grows so much every week. It is unreal. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is unreal. It's so crazy. And we'll get like, we'll go back yeah. and talk about like how it all started. But yeah. So that's what I do. I have two young daughters. They are almost three and one and a half. So they're exactly 18 months apart. And then I'm married to my lovely husband and we have our cute little family. <laughs> so oh it's busy gosh. over here. <laughs> it's so busy. And I think, um, so people know, I, well, I first heard about you in the Nextdoor app. So I okay. saw one of oh, your yeah. posts. And awesome. this was like probably early last year, right? Uh-huh. Um, Is- yeah. Well, I started in April. Okay. Yeah. So somewhere around there. And I sent it to my mom because she lives like two blocks from you on Fordham. So the other way. (laughs) And I sent her that. And, um, and then I've been following your journey ever since. So take people through where you started, like how you started. Mm -hmm. I mean, you started with zero followers on Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I like to joke that my business is a huge accident (laughs) because I 
it's just like so me like when I tell this story to people that know me they're like oh come on like that's such a macy thing to do but so starting in 2023 one of my new year's resolutions was to not buy any more store-bought bread Mm -hmm. and I had already been baking sourdough for years so it wasn't like a completely new skill I was learning but I just wanted to like commit to only baking bread um, for my family and the more that I baked, the more I loved it. And I just wanted to bake more than we could even consume. And so um, in March, I like started like looking into maybe like other people who were selling bread. And re- I learned that there was this concept of a micro bakery. I had mm-hmm. never heard of that before. So that was really new. Um, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to see if maybe like a few people in the area would want to buy my bread every week. And, um, so yeah, I posted in the next door app in April Mm -hmm. of 2023. I had no intention of like starting a business. I was like, (laughs) just maybe a few people would want a couple loaves. Um, and I was like flooded with orders from that next door post. Um, and I was just like, totally blown away by it i was like late at night i'm like making up a logo and like all these (laughs) things out of the blue you know because i think it just was becoming already so much more than i had anticipated it to become i have a graphic design background so that's what i was doing before so branding and that kind of stuff has always been very fun for me and Mm -hmm. i think just like naturally flows for me but yeah so i started an instagram i started selling bread every week and it's literally just grown every week since April. <laughs> so I I mean, and it's not just grown, it's to the point you're selling out every menu drop, right? Yeah. Every yeah, single pretty time. Much. And at the farmers markets you do, you're selling yep. out as well. Yes. Yeah. So can you it's, go on? I was just gonna say I, I did not think that there was a demand for it. I just didn't right. even know that, you know people wanted this so much so yeah I had no idea no idea what market I was tapping into yeah so I have I mean there's so many questions but I feel like when you started you kept it very simple you Mm -hmm. only sold the sourdough loaves and then you slowly started introducing other Mm -hmm. favorites like cinnamon rolls Mm -hmm. and scones Mm -hmm. um so what I mean, who is your audience? Like who, because you said you didn't know if there would be a demand for it. So, I mean, obviously you're selling out, there is demand and there, I would imagine you have repeat customers now too. Yeah. Um, Who is buying it? Like, I'm so curious about this. What's interesting is that there's a whole range of people. Like I, it's a little bit interesting because I don't necessarily see my customers all the time. Mm -hmm. We order their items. I bake it, I label it all by name, and then it gets set up in a little pickup station outside of my house. And so people just come and grab it. So I don't always see, but I do, you know, kind of get an idea of who's buying my bread. I interact with my customers and stuff. And I'm not kidding. There are 18 year olds buying my bread. There are 70 year olds buying my bread. There are moms who want to make healthier choices for their kids. Mm -hmm. There's people who like to pick up the tasty treats as like Mm -hmm. a special little thing. Like really it's all over the board. Um, which is just super interesting because I, that was something that was in my mind too. And really the, the people who I like catering to the most are the people Mm -hmm. who are just looking to buy fresh bread every week for their family. That's kind of the, um, the market that I'm specifically targeting, but there's Mm -hmm. so many different types of people even in that. So 
Yeah, let's talk about that because I feel like so many entrepreneurs, when they start, especially in a food-based business, they feel like they have to have this array of menu mm -hmm. items and products. And as we both know, that can really like eat into your profit margin. It can totally. eat into the quality of the items. Totally. And it keeps you so busy, you know. Uh -huh. So did you have any fear starting out just selling sourdough? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting how that's changed for me over the last however many months I've been doing this, like eight months or whatever. Um, when I first started, it was just, I, I think I started actually with, um, well, okay, back, back, back up. At first, when I, when I first posted, I was like, oh, just a few people will want bread. So I offered a ton of things. Mm. And I had like sandwich bread, classic sourdough loaves, cinnamon rolls. Okay. I had like all of those things on my menu all at once. And then people were wanting to order it all. And I was like, oh, wait, okay. I did not realize this was going to happen. So I had to dial it back. And then I was only doing classic sourdough loaves okay. and chocolate chip cookies. And that was mm -hmm. it. And then as I grew and I like learned how to handle capacity more and stuff, I started adding more things in. Um, and um, that was really fun. And I think that it helped me gain more of a customer base because yeah. they were excited to try new things. It was kind of like drawing people in mm -hmm. now where I'm at now, I've actually kind of scaled it back again because I'm starting to learn what people actually want, mm -hmm. what's most profitable for me, what I enjoy doing the most and what's going to sell out, you know? Yeah. So my menus have actually, they kind of like started really intense and they got super small. Then they grew again in intensity and now they're kind of like narrowing back down. Mm -hmm. Um, as I'm figuring out just like what works best for my business and for my customers. So it sounds like you do such a good job of paying attention to what your customers actually want, but then also yeah. like your profit margins and what you enjoy doing and what you yeah. can do and still enjoy with your girls at home mm -hmm. and your family, yeah. like managing totally. the family life as well. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like so many entrepreneurs, um, we get sucked into this, like, you start out with something and then you just, that's it, you know, yeah. the, but you have done such a great job of being flexible with your menu and your customers yeah. have just adapted where it's yeah. like, they don't yeah. have expectation for everything, mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. drop. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, one of the big things for me as well is that I committed from the very beginning that if I wasn't having fun and if this wasn't serving my family anymore, then I just wouldn't do it. Like, it's just not worth it to me if I'm not enjoying myself, you know, like right. baking is my hobby and that's why it became a business. And mm -hmm. so I want to continue enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And there were weeks where like, for example, I offered regular loaves of bread, sandwich loaves, a flavored loaf, cinnamon rolls. Mm -hmm. And it was like a little bit of everything instead of a lot of one thing. And that would just burn me out because I was mm -hmm. doing too many things all at once. But if I can make 40 loaves of one type of bread, that's significantly easier for me. I enjoy it way more and it just makes so much more sense. So that's kind of the route that I've taken just so that I can make sure that I'm still having fun. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so important for people to hear because and and you've scaled up and scaled down. And you, I know you set some boundaries around the holidays too, where you like cut yeah. off your your order time and your baking time. Um, but I want to transition to make sure we get to talk about this uh, to your Instagram. Okay. Sure. So let's like talk about your explosive. So you went from zero in April of 2023 to 45,000 yeah. in January yeah. <laughs> 2024. Yeah. Okay. So I want to one, 
because we li- we talked about this in the intake form too, but I feel like part of your success on in- Instagram, and I want you to tell me what you think, is that you were so specific from the beginning. So it was mm. sourdough baker, mom, wife, Christian. Like mm-hmm. those three things from the yeah. beginning were so specific. And it seems like you have tapped into a network of other similar individuals like yeah. across, I don't mm-hmm. know, the world probably, um, who like they resonate with your content, but they're also, they're learning from you because you're experimenting so yeah. quickly and you're willing to share what you're learning as mm-hmm. you go, that it seems like you have very quickly taken a position of authority in the industry mm. where people are like, what is a micro bakery? How is she doing this? This sounds amazing. Um, I relate yeah. to her so much, you know, because your content is so relatable to like the family side of it and your siblings and your children and your husband, yeah. you know, and working from home. Yeah. So yeah, just tell us anything and everything about it. Yeah. The social media part of this has been the most surprising maybe to me because I have done nothing special. Like I've done <laughs> nothing very intentional for it to mm-hmm. happen. Um, and I just feel like it's a huge blessing to be honest. Right. I mm-hmm. think that what you said, like the things that you know about me kind of like where I've niched down. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that on purpose. Right. I just am naturally passionate about those things actually in real life, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that's just, kind of the mentality that I take with social media. Like I don't plan really anything. I just like post as I go and I have fun and it feels like I'm talking to a friend and like, I just keep it really lighthearted and low pressure. And I think people can tell, right? Like tryhards mm-hmm. on Instagram and social media are just annoying. People don't like that, right? Like they want right. the real authentic, genuine content and it can't get much realer than like, literally just (laughs) going with the flow and just enjoying the ride, you know? Oh my gosh. But you're also so good at, I mean, tell us how you get, you get so much B-roll footage and it's so beautiful. Mm. And the way, I mean, it's obvious you're so creative, like your loaves are beautiful and then you have the graphic design background Mm -hmm. and it seems like you're very artistic in that way where you are naturally like the things you do, they're just aesthetically pleasing. Like your Instagram is so beautiful, but it's not over curated. And Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, like it's not a try hard. It's just, that's just you. And so um, take people through that a little bit. Like how do you manage? Cause sometimes I get so tired of having my phone on or like, Uh oh, I should be taking a video right now. Like what's your process? Yeah. So, um, It's one of those things where it was like more overwhelming in the beginning, you know, Mm. to try and figure out how to make it work. Like, oh, I need to take a video of this. I need to take a video of that. You know, like it's just not something that you naturally do, right? You have to teach yourself to do that. And that's true of literally everything in my business. Like when I first started, everything was hard, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but now it's just like breathing, right? Like you don't even have to think about it. Um, So yeah, I mean, I literally just set my camera up and film what I'm doing just as I go. So yeah, it's just that simple. Um, I think that, like you said, aesthetics is really enjoyable for me. And that's just how I kind Mm -hmm. of am in life in general. Like I really love beautiful things. I like spaces to look pretty. I like things to look pretty. And that's just like part of who I am as a person. Um, 
I'm definitely more of a type A person. You maybe <laughs> or maybe not could not tell. Um, but yeah, I have my little. Actually, you can see it right there, <laughs> hanging out in the background. It's connected oh, to yeah. a chair. Uh-huh. Yes. So this chair moves around a lot, <laughs> and it just follows me around. So that's, that's kind of what I do. And so what I do, I I view my baking days as content days. So I film myself as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And then I just make as many reels as I can out of that content. That's basically what I do. So people don't yeah. need to know like if it's in chronological order no. or if the video was taken three weeks ago or it doesn't matter. People don't know. Right. So I just try to make as many reels as I can out of whatever content I get that day. And then I go from there. Yeah. And the content is so I mean, just like watching you, you were doing something one day. I don't know what it was. And I was like, I could watch this all day. It's just so relaxing. (laughs) Even just like folding the dough, you know, because Mm -hmm. I feel like when I bake my sourdough here, it's not um, that relaxed of a process. I'm usually like rushing through it and probably I should Uh just slow down and enjoy it more. But, you know, it's just, it is. I mean, your point is that people, they don't care and they will never know if you took it today yeah. or you took it three weeks ago yeah, because it's totally. the process that they enjoy seeing, the behind yes. the scenes, like how mm-hmm. are you doing this? And then yeah. I know you've had a lot of questions from other micro bakers about scaling. So how mm-hmm. have you managed the rapid growth with scaling a handmade product? Yeah, yeah. One other thing that popped into my mind yeah. about um, Instagram before I answer that question. One thing that I think has helped me a lot and that I'm actually very particular about is that um, when I'm making content, I like making inspirational content. Mm-hmm. I am also a content consumer. I've mm-hmm. always been someone who likes watching like YouTube videos and stuff. Like I've been into that kind of thing before. And I strongly dislike um like social media mom content that's like we're just surviving like yes i can i'm not in my i'm I'm losing my pajamas all day long like just like that relatable side of motherhood that yeah exists right like Mm -hmm. there are some days where like we stay in our sweats all day and we just hang out and chill but the content i like to create and i like to consume is inspirational that inspires me to say no macy you could do better right like because because you probably can right like we're always yeah. growing and we're always evolving and so that's what I try to encourage other people to do mm-hmm. in their lives too right like I'm not I'm I'm just a normal human as well right mm-hmm. I've just learned and grown and practiced discipline so I can do these things that maybe look really daunting right so yeah no and I want to before we move off that topic I think that side of mom culture on Instagram is so as someone who's pregnant, like it's so daunting, right? To get that yeah. message over and over again. And that, and that uh-huh. goes for like pregnancy research as well. I mean, people will have you yeah. like, like scared, terrified right? to go to the hospital, yeah. you know, it's the yeah. worst. And, and so you just have to take, I've learned to si- kind of decipher, like, what do I, what's mm-hmm. helpful for me? What makes me, and yeah. really pay attention to what makes me feel good. Like if I find that, oh, this is like, working me up this is getting my anxiety going or this is like making me hate the fact that i've taken monday off to hang with my stepdaughter you know like really getting that figuring out how you like to consume things is such a good way to learn about marketing in general totally because your consumer behavior informs the Mm -hmm. way you market 
And yep. when you can understand yourself as like the subject and then apply yeah. that, I always tell people to look outside of their industries for inspiration too, yeah. because I had a, I worked with a candle maker a few years ago and she and her husband, they love craft beer. And so that became like a huge inspiration for her, like how the craft beer industry mm-hmm. releases new beers, mm-hmm. how, you know, what's their schedule? What are they doing seasonally? What are they doing yeah. on a regular basis? What are their labels look like? You know, and just, yeah, totally. it's a much more creative industry. I think uh-huh. sometimes yeah. like aesthetically, um, like their branding and stuff can change beer to beer yeah. and there's a lot more freedom. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. Um, so I think for you to be able to identify, like, I like inspirational content. I like mom content. It's still very real life. Your kids are yeah. still there. They're still yep. playing, you know, yeah. running all around and interrupting Instagram stories. Yep. You know, it's just, yeah. that's, it's not the, like, well, the only thing we have is wine, you know, culture. Right, yeah, like, yes, yes, absolutely. Totally. Yeah, I think that's so important. So then what did I, oh, I asked you about scaling. Okay, so. Yeah. So yeah. with your Instagram growth and mm-hmm. your, and that's a question I have too, I guess. So before we answer that question, do you find that you're getting sales from Instagram, like local sales from Instagram, or are your local sales from a, like your local audience? Is that different from the Instagram audience? It is for the most okay. part. Yeah. I, I mean, um, obviously the majority of people that follow me are not local to me. Okay, yeah. Actually a pretty small percentage of people are actually local to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the bakery side of my business is mostly word of mouth actually. Mm-hmm. So um, that's probably how I gained most of my customers along mm-hmm. with doing like farmer's markets and stuff um, and things like that. But yeah, most of my followers are not in this area. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because it seems like the Instagram side of things is a little more educational for like yeah. fellow micro bakers mm-hmm. who are yep. who are building and growing that business. And then yep. local business. I mean, we'll just forget whatever the other question was because I'm just going to keep going. But my question <laughs> is, with how did you? find the courage to just go into the farmer's market like you started in April and then you mm-hmm. went straight into farmer's market season like yeah. were were you scared were you nervous how did you know how it would go yeah um if I spent any moment being afraid I'd never get anything done yeah right <laughs> right like my life is too busy and too full to like question myself very much mm-hmm. right like obviously there's an element of wisdom right like is what I'm doing stupid yeah. <laughs> right but like beyond that right I am very much so a supporter of just going for it mm-hmm. like I just have this mentality and maybe it's just like a little bit of cockiness I don't know it's probably like a mixture of like confidence and I don't know what else but I just like if I have an idea I just I just go for it. I don't really ask a ton of questions. I just try, right? Mm -hmm. Like I get so many people that message me on social media and ask like, how do I start a micro bakery? I'm like, that is not the question to ask. Go away, go try, go do it. Like that's really (laughs) what you need to do. I can't tell you anything beyond that really because the people who succeed are the people who just go for it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you question every move you make, if you feel like you have to ask for an opinion on every little thing or um, obviously 
there's a, a space for like getting advice, right? Like I have right. a group of micro other micro bakers that I'm really close with and like we can bounce ideas off mm-hmm. of each other. But for the most part, right? Like I just go for it. I just try. Um, and so, yeah, going into the farmer's market scene was, it was so funny, right? Like <laughs> I, I just like, when I set my mind to something, like, I just know I'm going to accomplish it. And I remember telling my husband, I was like, I think I'm going to try and do this. And he was like, Oh, yay. And <laughs> I just, I just went for it and it ended up being great and fine. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, beyond like you sold out didn't you and your first one. Yeah. 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 I've always sold out at the farmer's markets. They're like nerve wracking, right? Especially because like when I do my home pickups, everything is pre-ordered. So it's prepaid. Mm-hmm. I never have extra. Um, but at the farmer's market, I can't guarantee that. So you just kind of have to guess and then go. But I was really the only one selling the type of baked goods at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. There were like some other bakers and stuff, but they they all had their own like separate niche as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, they were a great success um, and they were really fun. I don't know if I'll keep doing them. They're That's a lot of work. They are. They're way mm-hmm. more work than my home pickups. And right now I'm selling the same amount that I would at the farmer's market from my house. So I don't know if I'm going to do them anymore, but they were, they were hugely important and impactful mm-hmm. in starting my business for sure. Right. I feel like because that's how you solidified your presence in the community. Like after the totally. next door app posting, it was like, Oh, mm-hmm. she's here at the farmer's market. Such yeah. a great opportunity for exposure, for connection, for meeting yes. other people in the community. Do you have yes. any other community partnerships? Like are, is anywhere, are your loaves for sale anywhere else? Are people able to get them in anywhere else? So in the state of Illinois, you're not allowed to wholesale under cottage food law. So cottage food law is the really? law that allows me. Yes. So it's the law that allows me to sell food made in my home. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's not an inspected kitchen. Um, and so there's lots of rules and regulations around that. Um, and every state has a different rules. There are many states that allow wholesale. Okay. Illinois is not one of them. I've wow. been working with a state rep though um, to potentially change that. It's not going to happen this year, but we're just talking about it to see what can be done. Um, I don't know if I would actually get into the wholesale space at this point because the method that I'm selling has been so profitable for me mm-hmm. that I don't necessarily feel the need to add on like a new element mm-hmm. to my business, but it would certainly bless a lot of other cottage bakers for sure. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole other market. So yep. let's talk about your, I mean, because I think everything you're doing is like, yes, yes, this is what we <laughs> tell people this is what I tell clients because so you've seen this growth and you've gotten to a place where it's profitable. You, you don't necessarily have to go out of the house if you want, if you don't yep. want to. Um, yep. How do you envision Little Pro growing? Because it sounds like you're really content with the way things have gone, the business model, the profitability, Mm -hmm. like your role in the business and the time it takes. So Mm -hmm. do you envision it growing or are you like, is this in a really good spot, especially with your girls being the age that they are? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I've been evaluating like how I want to tackle this upcoming year um, and what I want to focus in on. I sat down with like, my accountant slash financial mm-hmm. advisor and um, a good question to ask here. I'm sure you ask your clients this question is like, 
what is taking the most of your time and what is making the most money for you, right? Mm -hmm. And what do you enjoy doing the most, yes. right? Those three questions are incredibly important because if they don't all line up, then you're not doing something right, right? Like mm -hmm. if you're spending the most amount of time on something that makes you the least amount of money, you should probably reevaluate what yes. you're doing, right? Exactly. So you want to capitalize on what you love and what makes the most money because this is a business, right? Um, and go from there. So for me, um, I, I kind of, like I said, I kind of view my business in like two different facets. There's social media and then there's my actual bakery. Mm -hmm. For my actual bakery, I'm hoping for this year to maybe grow my capacity a little bit for my home pickups, but not by much. Mm -hmm. I really like the quantity that I'm baking at. Um, I think that the amount that I'm selling right now feels like really good for me. It like stretches me, but it doesn't feel overwhelming to me. I still feel like the space to be creative and like try something new if I want to. It just feels good for the season of life. Um, but I do really want to lean more into the social media side mm -hmm. because that has actually been the most profitable thing for me. So like it, I'm definitely. Oh, no, you're I am. A cut out oh, for a second. Me? Yeah. Repeat okay. what you just said. Yeah. I was just saying that social media at this point is mm -hmm. definitely the most profitable part of my business. And I'm making more money on social media than I am baking bread. Oh my God. So, is that okay? So go on. And then I want to know what you're selling on social media. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, um, the beauty of my bakery is that number one, I love it. <laughs> it's fun for me. Number two, it is a huge draw for people. It's how a lot of people get to my social platform mm -hmm. um, because it's very unusual. It's niche, right? Like you see a picture of a girl surrounded by 50 loaves of bread in her living room. That's kind of weird. Like you could. Right? <laughs> so there's that element of it. Um, and it's the most consistent form of income for my business, right? So I'm selling pretty much the same amount in, in um, baked goods every week because I like set my limits and I typically sell out so I can like count on that mm -hmm. um, every week for my business. The social media side of it is a lot more liquid, right? Like mm -hmm. some months look one way, some months look another way. Um, but yeah, so that's my goal for 2024 is to lean more into that, to explore what I might have there. I'm actually starting YouTube this year. Oh my gosh. So that's kind of my next adventure. but. Yeah. Ask so, away. <laughs> all right. So on social, I know you have affiliate links for yeah. a lot of the products, including your bread oven. And yeah. then I know you just um, released an ebook, right? Yeah. Uh, is there anything else? So you have affiliate links and you have this digital, the first digital product, right? Was mm -hmm. there any more? Um, nope. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So oh just, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Just the affiliate links and my ebook. Um, and then, yeah, one of my goals for 2024 is to start working on like brand sponsored sponsorships mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. So totally. And these, I mean, when we talk about the affiliate links, it's everything you are already using, right? Yeah, like totally. Your, your yeah. oven, your gloves, like, your loaf I can pans. Make, I make like on average, like a hundred dollars a day from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and someone bought the oven, right? The, someone used your code for the oven or maybe several people have lots, lots of people have used the code yeah it's amazing yeah did and you know you were gonna commission. be an influencer <laughs> no not <laughs> at all not at all and you know it's kind of funny i 
I just try to stay like, I want to be as relatable as possible because to be honest, having 1000 followers and 45,000 followers feels the same to me. I, like I have not changed. Nothing about me has changed. I don't view making my content any differently. It feels all the same to me, mm -hmm. but I think it probably feels different to other people, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you look at somebody's account and you see that they have like a high number of followers, just the way that you perceive them changes a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just regular old me, just. I mean, okay, so let's talk about the strategy side of things because I feel, I know, I know so many people, they think if they put a plan in place, you know, and they execute the plan and then the goals are going to come, but it feels to me like your plan was in the way you operate as an individual, because you said, like, if you set your mind to something, you know, you're going to accomplish it. Like, like that almost seems like the strategy is like the confidence totally. and sticking with it and being mm -hmm. willing to experiment. And those apply to any business owner across industries where you, it's like, mm -hmm. you just have to go for it. You can't go for mm -hmm. it a little bit. You can't start and then stop. You have to full send all the way. And yes. then when you're all as way. committed as you are, and I think something we can talk about here too, is there like this, that your faith obviously has played a mm -hmm. role in this because whether you identify as Christian or not or anything else, but yeah. having faith in yourself and mm -hmm. your business to succeed, the belief that it can succeed, it will succeed, mm -hmm. helps you to stick with it and see it through even when things aren't going right. So do you want to mm -hmm. touch on that at all? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like I said before, um, when I started my business, I had this old post and every once in a while, I just like reshare it on my Instagram story so that people will go and read it again because it, it is very true to me. But essentially the message is like, um, this business is actually not my priority in life. It's a huge mm -hmm. part of my life but I'm not here to make buttloads of money. I'm here because I enjoy it. And like, this is just what God has placed in my life and the blessing mm -hmm. that he's given me. And if at any point like this becomes a hindrance to my family, to my ability to be devoted to the Lord, to mm -hmm. my spouse, like it, it's, it's lower on the totem pole than all of those things. Mm -hmm. And I think that God has blessed that because I think that that's how it should be. Right. Like right. my family will always be my priority. Right. Like, and even just being involved in my church is, will always be more important to me than anything that I do on Instagram or any loaf of bread that I sell. Right. It's all a mm -hmm. ministry in and of itself. And I've really enjoyed that. It's such a huge part of my life, but I, I think that God has just continually blessed me. I mean, there's always like an element of like, yeah, I've done hard work, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I put the work in, you yes. know, but there are also so many things where I'm like, like this is because God is, is showing me favor and it's really cool and sweet to see just like little details line up that I'm like, man, if this hadn't happened, then this wouldn't have happened. And it's like mm -hmm. a whole trickle, right? <laughs> of just if this had happened this that, that you know it just keeps going so yeah. yeah i think it's because of your faith and your that there's like this commitment this level of trust to that it is going to work out and then yeah. with that comes openness to yeah. however it works out it works out and then yes. that's when these little dots start mm -hmm. or connections start happening and you're like wow that it's crazy yeah. i didn't you know yeah. how how did that happen and mm -hmm. and then there also seems to be based on your order of priorities personally a detachment from the outcome where it's like if it's yes. endurance if it's too stressful if it's too time consuming 
we're okay with letting it go. Like there's mm-hmm. not this desperate, like graspy yeah. energy for forcing things to succeed. It's, mm-hmm. It feels so yeah. light, like you're just holding it so lightly. And because mm-hmm. of that, things are just, they're working out, you know, because yeah. you're not yeah. forcing anything. You're just showing up and you're mm-hmm. taking the action. Mm-hmm. And then in re- return and response, God, you know, is, or the universe, yeah. however people call, you know, is, is showing up and supporting you back. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and I'm now that I'm actually saying it out loud and talking to you about it, I, um, I, they're they're like, obviously there's nothing wrong with having like financial goals or like business goals, right? Those are all good things, but like, those are not even what motivate me. Right. Like I just like keep chugging along. Right. Like, and I think that that is part of why I have the detachment with the outcome. I'm like, I'm Mm -hmm. just like, I'm just, I'm just on a journey. I don't really even really know where it's going to end, but (laughs) I'm on it. And so I'm just going to enjoy the ride and enjoy each part of my business and where I'm at. And, um, yeah, so there totally is this attachment. I have like no fear. I really like, I don't (laughs) have any fear when I think about my business. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Right. It Mm -hmm. enables me to do so much. Um, I can take risks that don't necessarily feel like risks because I'm just mm-hmm. like, I think this is what I should do. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. do it, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I think that's amazing. And in your household, so I'm going to ask a question. If it's too personal. We'll just yeah. cut it out. But did you work before or like how, like, yeah, did that, because I feel like that's a question sometimes people need for context where it's like, okay, does Macy, you know, is the income needed to pay the bills mm-hmm. in the house? Sure. So I have not paid myself a penny yet. Wow. So I should be. And that's one of yes. another goal that I have <laughs> yeah, for 2024. We should talk about that after this. Yes. So um, that that was never like necessarily intentional. It's just how it has been, right? I yeah. don't feel um, like, I'm like, oh, I can't spend any pennies. Like, of course, there have been like some exceptions and stuff. But before I was doing this, I was doing a few things. Um, I was a graphic designer for um, an adoption consulting agency called Christian Adoption Consultants. So I did graphic design for them. And then I also was on staff at my church as the children's ministry director Mm -hmm. with my husband. My husband is also on staff at our church. Um, And so... I was doing that plus my business for a while. Wow. Um, and then it got to the point where that was just obviously too much. Yeah. And um, that's something that I, I feel like I've grown a lot in. I, I'm always the type of person who I want to be able to say yes to everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And so I just feel like God humbled me a lot this year to learn to say like, you know what? No, I don't need to do it all. And yeah. that's not even like, that's, that's not the best way to serve your family. You know, that's not what you need to be doing. So eventually I stopped working at the adoption consulting agency. Um, and that was a big leap of faith for me because that was like the most financially substantial form of income that I had. I'm very blessed to have a husband who works full time. So he works full time and then also works at our church. Mm-hmm. Um, and his income is able to keep us afloat. Right. Mm-hmm. But this still is like scary to like give yes. up a steady form of income for a business that you're starting. Right. Yeah. And a family of four. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we have, we have stuff going on. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then just in the last few months I've started, um, stepping away from my role at church. We still love our church and we're still very involved, but it'll be really great to uh, no longer be 
on staff working there um, and allow me to focus more in other areas. But wow, yeah. that is so exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Oh Thank my you. gosh. And they are huge leaps of faith. And it doesn't matter how far along you are in business. It doesn't matter, you know, like how little you worked, if it was part-time, if it was weekends, yeah. if it was, you know, but letting go of any consistent income to pursue yeah. your business full-time requires a leap of faith because yeah. it it's scary. You don't know. I mean, and for mm -hmm. most of us, that's the first time ever that we've let go of a paycheck that's been given to us by someone else yeah. for the work that yeah. we're doing to create yeah. your own. So do you plan on paying yourself this year? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. <laughs> yes. I'm still working out what that will look like, but that yes. is very much so going to be happening. Um, it's yeah, it's just an interesting thing to learn and to figure out, but it's certainly a necessity at this point. So. Oh my gosh. It's just, I mean, and you haven't even celebrated a year. Yeah, like a full yeah. year in business. And going back to not paying myself, that's been part of my like yeah. hesitation. There's so much new stuff for me. Like for example, my ebook, mm -hmm. way more of a success than I ever imagined. <laughs> How many but did you sell? As of right now, like 900. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So and it's been a month, I think today. Yeah, today. Wow. Yeah. So, um it's it feels confusing to me as a business owner to be like i don't even know how much money i'm making so how am i supposed to know how much i'm paying myself i haven't even been doing this for a year <laughs> right know? right so. you're still figuring so much of it out yeah yeah but what i really think is cool and what i respect about it and what why i think so many people have like latched on 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 social media is that you are willing to share as you go you're not yeah. waiting until mm -hmm. Five years from now, when you say you can say like, well, in the beginning, my menu was too big and I had to scale it back. Yeah. Like you're just in very real time sharing with everyone what you're totally. doing. And you're willing to have the conversations about pricing and underpricing and how it impacts, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, and I just raised my prices. Good for you, because I had someone um, I shared your pricing thing and then someone DM'd me and was like, I've had those sourdough loaves. She's undercharging. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's scary to raise your prices yeah. as a business owner, but I just had my first drop and nobody batted an eye. And I was like, obviously this needed to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. And the demand was there. I mean, mm -hmm. you tried it at a certain price and you've been consistently selling out, which tells you yep. you can raise the price. And, mm -hmm. and it, it always feels much scarier than it's going to be. Like oh, totally. most of the time they don't bat an eye because the price is not even that much. Totally. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Um, well, as we wrap it up here today, is there anything else you want to share or any like popular questions you get that you want to address on the yeah. podcast? Hmm. I think we covered most of it. I mean, I get so many specific random yeah. questions all the time. And um, yeah, but I think we covered most of it. It's been such a fun and wild ride and i'm so thankful that you invited me on here yes it's been so fun yeah thanks for coming and for sharing i mean i've just been so curious because i know everything you do is intentional but it didn't seem like you set out intentionally to be an influencer yeah. or yeah. to you know grow to the scale that you did it was really mm -hmm. just about mm -hmm. like good quality ingredients like providing yeah. for your family and your totally. community yeah in it it's yeah. just taken off. So tell people how they can shop with you and how mm -hmm. they can follow you. 
Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at little pearl breads and you can go to my website to purchase my ebook. It's littlepearlbreads.com. Um, I also stock dehydrated sourdough starter from time to time. So I'm going to be doing Well, this, this podcast is coming out probably in February. Yeah. I'm doing a stock in January, but you can cut that out. Um, so yeah, you can purchase dehydrated sourdough starter on my website as well. And then if you, um, want to purchase bread for me in the local area, you can do so on my ordering platform. Probably the easiest way to find it is to go to my Instagram bio and click order here. Otherwise it's hotplate.com slash little pearl breads. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here today. This thank is so you, fun. Yes. Hey friends. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. If you loved what you heard today, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your community on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at Marketing Uninhibited so I can share you with my community. And don't forget that you can achieve your big business dreams with small marketing steps. Talk to you next week.